Good to see y'all at the hill today. Amen, amen, amen. Great job, y'all. Aren't you thankful for an anointed, awesome, talented worship team? Come on. Listen, I know people, I've I've heard people that weren't talented, but they were anointed and God still showed up. But I'm sure thankful they're talented too. Come on, amen. It helps my ear. Come on, somebody. All right, we're going to get into the Word. <laughs> we're in our last message uh, in our Let's Get Practical series. And, and I added this week, we added this extra week because I really wanted to end uh, kind of with this note. And so uh, last week, they got the, all of our campus pastors got to preach over. How great did Clinton do, church? Come on, amen. So good, yeah. So good. And so I, I really wanted to, to go one more week to just share uh, this thought. This was in my notes, uh, in my thought process all along. Uh, it just didn't, we didn't get there. So I want to end there. Amen. Come on, somebody. Uh, if you got your Bibles, Genesis chapter 14, I'm going to start in verse 12. We're going to run through it through 20, and then we'll get into the word. Amen. Here's what it says. They also took lot. So they had um, these five, four kingdoms went to war against these five kingdoms. Two of the four kingdoms were Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham's cousin, that's, uh, or uh, nephew Lot lived there, okay? So they went to war, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the five kingdoms lost to the four kingdoms. Picking it up in verse 12, they also took Lot, the son of uh, Abram's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom, and his possessions, and they went their way. Then one who escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, who is living by the oaks of Mamre, and the Amorite, the Amorite brother of Eschol of Aner, I have no clue. Aren't you thankful your mama named you Tom or, or, or George or something like that? Come on. Uh, anyhow, these were the allies of Abram. When Abram heard, <coughs> heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he uh, led forth his trained men, born of his house, 318, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night and his servants, and defeated them, and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the possessions, and also brought back his kinsman Lot with his possessions, and the women, and the people. After his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer, the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom, went out to meet him in the valley of Shavon, that's the king's valley. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram. Um, of, by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth, gave him a tithe of everything that he had. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons, but take, go, take the goods for yourself. Can I t- is anybody, beginning of the year, we declared that in 2019 as a church, we were going to take the land. Come on, somebody. Uh, I was excited. Like, like when the Lord spoke that into my spirit, like I was shouting. I was like, yeah, we're going to take the land and we're going to advance and we're going to go do what God's called us to do. And I'm like shouting, you know, in my, in my time with Jesus and, and we're talking about it. But what I, what I forgot to realize, um, I, I discovered about three quarters, like nine months into the year, um, was I was facing all hell. Come on, somebody, anybody, anybody is 2019 just been a battle in some areas has 2019 just like at times you felt like you got the breath knocked out of it and you're like kind of like God what on earth is that was me y'all I, I'm like fighting and we're trying we're planting a church in Nevada and we're, we're God's using us and about halfway through the year I was like God I hate this year what do you mean take the land? I feel like I'm getting, getting my teeth knocked in like three days out of the week. What? And I was kind of having this conversation with God. For real, my father had a heart attack. You guys, Pastor Tim had a heart attack a few weeks ago. I had a guy call me and tell me it was my fault. I'm kidding. 
I'm not, I mean, I'm not kidding, amen? Now, I'd tell you his name, but y'all aren't saved enough to know, probably, you know what I mean? Uh, but here's the, like, legit, he goes, do you think if you'd have done this different, your dad wouldn't? I said, no, I think it's 40 years of poor choices. Come on, somebody. And so, like, that's what I said. But, but here's the reality, like, like, that's been the attack, like, old stuff and new stuff, and I'm getting my face knocked in, and I'm like, God, are you kidding me? I'm serving you. I'm being faithful. I'm doing these things. We've sent pastors to pastor other churches. Are you kidding me? And God, I was like, what do you mean take the land? Like, I am wore out. And God was like, what did you think take the land looked like? <laughs> like, like you thought you were just going to walk into your promised land? And the enemy that inhabited that land for a long time was going to go, oh, you're here. Uh, I went ahead and made the bed for you. Like, like, like you thought he was going to be like the hotel and leave little chocolates on your pillow? Like, like. You thought that? Like, what, are you, what were you thinking, son? Like, God speaks to me pretty sarcastically, so you just have to understand. He maybe, I had a friend that it was all sweet, the relationship. God to me is like, seriously, you know better. Like, that's God to me. And so God was speaking this stuff to me. He's like, for real? Like, you, you thought you were going to win a war but not have a fight? So I want to encourage some people, even before I get into the fullness of where I want to go in the world, in, into the word, like, it's been a fight right I didn't ask for the fight but I ain't running either is there anybody in the house that can agree with me like like I didn't ask for it I'm not looking for it but I ain't running because see there's some land in our lives that God has called us to take come on somebody there's some marriages and some relationships that the devil been messing with and he's called you to win those battles come on somebody so they're at war these nine kingdoms were all allies and um, I don't know what happened. It goes into a little detail at the beginning of Genesis 14. But these four kingdoms, these five kingdoms and four kingdoms, they split. Right? And they're no longer allies. And these four kingdoms say, you know what? We don't think we really need these five kingdoms and we're going to go to war. So the five and the four went to war against each other. And before I even really go where I want to go, I think it's fascinating. Because see, we all have people in our life that, we're, that are allies. They're with us, right? We love them. We, we, we're friends, right? And the problem for a lot of us is when those relationships change, what I'm saying is not everyone that's with you today may be with you tomorrow. Come on, somebody. And here's the thing. That's okay. Now, but I want a little uh, disclaimer. I'm not, I sure hope that I don't get a phone call this week and say, Pastor, you were right. We were friends, and he just declared war on me. He catapulted my house. Come on, somebody. Like, like that's, not what I, that's not what I'm hoping for today. But what, what I am saying is, see, God sends people into our life for seasons, and some are lifelong relationships, and sometimes those seasons for people change. And what I'm saying is, what I've done in this season, I can't keep doing if I'm going to make it to the next season. See, I don't want to preach what I'm going to preach later, but, but, but here's a, a, not a, a later series, but Elijah anoints Elisha, and Elisha goes, and he burns his, uh, he burns his plow, he, his oxen he, and, and plow, he burns them, because he's saying, listen, the plow that blessed me in this season, if I don't get rid of it, it will be the thing that slows me down, come on somebody, in the next season. See, God wants to advance you, God wants to bless you, but what happens to a lot of us, we're holding on to old stuff that slows us down old relationships that slow us down and we're we're slowed down and then what do we do we're like god why god why'd you let the why am i why am i not receiving what you promised why am i and god's going hello it's because you're holding stuff that i ask you to let down and, and the truth is if your hands are full of old stuff i can't fill them with anything new 
So these nine kings go to war and they thought they were going to be friends forever, but they split and not everyone that's with you today will be with you tomorrow. You can always be friends, but the relationship can change and that's okay. Verse 12, <laughs> the war rose, Sodom and Gomorrah lost and Lot was taken. With that being said, look at your neighbor and tell him my title. You have a lot in the balance. I thought it was clever too. Thank you for the chuckle. <laughs> I thought it was clever. <laughs> you have a lot in the balance, right? They take Lot. Um, they take Lot. And they take all of the possessions, right? And they go. Uh, 13, this servant goes and tells the Hebrew Abram. Verse 14 is where we're going to spend a little bit of time today. When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born of his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Now, that's good stuff. Come on, somebody. I love that for a whole bunch of reasons. But the first thing I want to point out, when Abraham heard his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men. See, in our lives, there's a lot of stuff that we hear. A lot, of, a lot of stuff, a lot of causes to take up, a lot of challenges, a lot of opportunities to do things, both in life, in ministry, in families, uh, at the church. God in heaven, we, have, we need lots of help. Come on, somebody. I hope you're listening. Um, but here's, here's what I love about this. When Abraham, when, when Abram, he's not Abraham yet. That happens later uh, in Genesis. When Abram heard his kinsmen had been taken, he did something. Now, here's the thing. Other things have been going on. When Sodom and Gomorrah went to war originally, Abraham, Abram didn't do anything. When other things happened in the region, Abram didn't do anything. Matter of fact, Abram and Lot were together, but they were growing too big. And Abram looked up at this little place called Ai. Come on, somebody. AI means small. Abram said, I want to live in the, you go to the big city. I'm going to live in rural, uh, rural Israel. Come on, somebody. Amen. Can I get any rural American fans in the house? He said, I'm going to go somewhere small where I can know my neighbor and talk about him. Come on, somebody. I just kidding. Don't do that. And, 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 and Lot said, ooh, but look at Sodom. It says Sodom was green. Sodom and Gomorrah looked good. See, here's the problem in our life. Often we are attracted by what looks good and not what is good. Come on, somebody don't make me preach we're attracted uh, to people and to and jobs and things not because they're from God but because there's good can I tell you there needs to be a division in our life between God and good now not that good can't be God also but just because it's good doesn't mean it's always God sometimes the enemy will say doesn't this look good Pastor, I just don't believe that okay let's get scriptural hey Eve doesn't this apple look good come on somebody come on somebody he looks, it looks good. He goes, he's living there. He's blessed. It looks good. Everything looks great. And then he gets taken captive. Abram hears about it and did something. See, at some point in your life, there has to be a cause. At some point in your walk with God, there has to be something that makes you get off your seat from folding your arms to do something for the kingdom of God. Now, listen, that's not an orphanage for everybody, but it is for some. That's not preaching for everybody, but it is for some, right? So what you do, what I do can be different, but there has to be something in your life that burns down inside of you and you say, I have to do something. I can't sit by while this tragedy is going on and I can't sit by myself. I can't sit alone and, and be okay with myself unless if I do something. Sometimes 
You just got to act. Amen, somebody. Sometimes you just have to do something. Sir Edmund Burke said, all it takes for evil to triumph in this world is for good men to do nothing. Y'all quoted that a hundred times. I think it's good to quote it one more. Amen. All it takes for evil to triumph. Let's not say good men. Let's say you. Come on, somebody. Because in our society, we say good men. We're like, yeah, they should do something. <laughs> He's talking about you. He's talking about you and me. He's saying all it takes for evil to triumph is if we stand by silently and don't do what God is burning in our hearts to do. Right? So Abram has this compelling, this burden in his life. But I want you to look what he does. Notice, you know, know what he doesn't do? He doesn't call like all these other places. He doesn't call like, uh, he doesn't call, <clears throat> I don't know, the Philistines, right? He doesn't call all these other places. It says um, when the uh, train of his house, right? See, so often in our life, we are so quick whenever we have a cause to start looking outside. Whenever there's a stirring in our spirit, we are so quick to start looking what from the outside can come inside and make me feel better and make me have hope or joy or comfort. My pr How come is it whenever we are struggling, we run to outside things instead of God? I was in the deer stand a few weeks ago dealing with some things in my heart, some stress, and I was just sitting there stressing out. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, how long are you going to keep carrying this? When are you going to get away with me and talk about it? Like five minutes, the pressure was gone. Come on, somebody. Yeah, because I was looking for outside stuff to satisfy something that only Holy Spirit could do. But we do that in our life. For instance, like, like we, the next new car will be the one. That's our forever car. Am I right, somebody? I was talking to our realtor, Jen, the other day, and, and, and said, we were talking something about a forever home. She goes, don't be mistaken. There's never such thing as a forever home. <laughs> right? I just thought that was so good. It's so true. Why? How come the new car only satisfies for six months? Because it's old then. Because my kids done dropped McDonald's fries in the crack and now it smells, come on somebody, now it smells like old, stale French fry. Am I talking? Because they spilled chocolate milk in the back and didn't tell me and I get back there and there's a nasty chocolate milk stain and I just am like, God in heaven, just don't tell your mom. Come on somebody and don't, don't, don't tell her I knew. And when she's like, what happened in the back? I'm like, honey, who, I don't even have a clue. What, what'd they do? They spilled something? Oh, I cannot believe that. That's awful. Absolutely <laughs> All the wives know I'm preaching. Come on, somebody. You're like, I knew he knew all along. Anyhow, right? The new car is only satisfying for so long because then it becomes old. And, and moreover, the new relationship is only satisfying. Come on. For so long until it becomes an old relationship. And then we have this turmoil and we're saying, what else can say? The new clothes. Only you're comforting for so long because then they become old clothes and, and, and they become dissatisfied. And we start looking, okay, what else can satisfy? And I'm challenging someone today that we've got to quit looking from the outside for our miracle and realize the miracle is already in your house. Come on, somebody. We got to realize there's already the gift of God to you may be in your, may already be in your house. The challenge is we place higher value on things outside versus inside. What's the difference between an old car and a new car? Value. What if you valued the car you had? Come on, somebody. What if you valued the relationship you were in? 
I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying if you're dating, I'm not saying that's the person you should marry. I'm just saying you need to learn to value people, not for what they do for you. It's quiet. I better change. God wants to bless you. He wa- <laughs> right? It's true. It's a challenge because it's more work to, 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 to change our perspective and value something that has lost value than it is to just get a shiny new toy. Any gun lovers in the house agree with me? I already feel like it's time for a new one. Come on, somebody. Right? I was talking to a friend. We were talking about buying guns. Uh, he was looking at this gun. I'm like, ah, it's a great gun. I had one similar, da-da-da-da-da. And his wife said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, Pastor Bo is trying to talk me into buying a new gun. And he goes, that I can shoot five times and not look at it again for 10 years. Because <laughs> we devalue things that we already have. Abram was looking at this stuff and he said, man, the miracle is in the house. I just need to change my value about the things that are in my house. And this is what he says. He says he looked and they were what kind of men? Trained men. I like your coat, bro. They were trained men. Notice he didn't say they were toddlers and I sent them to war. Benny, the other day, y'all, he was, I was, Thursday is my day off right now, and I'm, I watch the kids, and Megan goes and does her thing, and, and we were four-wheeling and shooting baskets, and Benny comes out in his jammies and his underwear over his jammies, and, his, and he's flexing, you know what I mean? Like, he's a superhero, right? Right? Now, here's, it was adorable, first of all. It was cute. I thought you might give me an, oh, but you didn't. It's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. You just didn't see him like I saw him. That, you're good. You know the way to my heart. And so, he comes out, and he's all flexing, the, and he had boots on matter of fact they were uggs and they were ugly but that's okay he has these uggs on they were his and he was a superhero and he's flexing on everything and he was ready to go to war and save the day now here's the challenge for a lot of us the miracle is in the house the skill set that God he's already gifted you to do something awesome but it's not matured yet and you're trying to send that you're trying to let this skill set be a miracle you're trying to let this gift of God be the thing that delivers you into your promise or sets captives free but it's not mature yet just like if I, if I were to let Benny try to be the superhero and lift the jeep up come on somebody or if I was gonna let him and someone came to attack and I said Benny save the day What's, I don't give Benny a gun why DFS that's why <laughs> I gotta remember this stuff is recorded. <laughs> Why? Why? Because he's not mature. Someday my 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 ten year old son, we, he hunts deer with me because he's mature and ready, right? Because he's trained and not full on. I'm not gonna let him just go, but he's he's in that process. These men were trained. See what kills most dreams in people's lives is they try to live it out before it's reached a place of maturity. I'm going to do this. Let's go. And they go to do it and they get their, they get their tail whipped and they get hit between the eyes and they go, oh, I didn't like that. God, I must not be called anymore. I must not be gifted for that. I must not be a good business owner. I failed. And God's going, no, you are. You're just a toddler wearing your undies outside your jammies. Come on, somebody (laughs) trying to save the day and you're not mature yet. Benny, after that, walked around the house saying, I'm going to be a police officer when I grow up. (laughs) You did it. Some of y'all got the awe there. I'm praying. You're learning. <laughs> I was like, that's so good, buddy. You should do it, right? He's got toy guns and flashlights and a whistle and binoculars um, and all the stuff that he thinks he needs. He's got a flashlight, which he calls a teach. I don't know why. It's just he makes up his own language. Um, he may be a preacher. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> and so my point is this. He can have a dream, 
but he can't have a badge yet because he's not mature. These men were trained, meaning the dream had matured. They were ready to do what God had gifted them to do. The worst thing that you could ever have, the, you know what's worse than not getting what you want? Getting what you want before you're ready to have it. Because it could kill you. Both spiritually and naturally. It could kill you. I love that Abram said, we're going, and you're not ready, but you are. 318. You don't think there was more people that wanted to go? You're not ready, but you are. You're not ready, but you are. You're not ready, but you are. You are, you are. You're not. <laughs> he realized there's, there's people that are in this season ready to do what God's called them to do. As a church, this is us. Someone says, why are we planting churches? Why, Pastor Bo, you're not here all the time. What, what? Here's the thing, because people are dying going to hell in other cities too. And we're training, we've sent, uh, I think nine people into ministry out of the hill. Um, come on, amen somebody? <clears throat> and, and I don't mean like, I mean like to pastor or to missions or to something like that. And so here's what's cool, like they've pastored, the one guy pastored church two miles from my house, that's kingdom. That's kingdom minded, it's okay. Amen? Doesn't have to be here. But, but here's the reality, guys. Our heart is to, to train people up. Just this year, we've had something like 160, 150 people make decisions for Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's awesome. But our heart isn't just to see them make decisions. Our heart is to connect with them and train them. And you know what I see lack? We don't have 150 people trained. We have 150 make decisions, but not 150 trained nor released. See, these men were, our heart isn't just to see babies born. Our heart to see babies mature to become men and women of God to do what God's gifted them to do. So it's a process. These, these guys, they, were, they had been through the process and they won. Now check this out. They go to war. These 318 guys go to war against four kingdoms. Say four. Four kingdoms. I don't mean like, like, like a king like that has 30 people and they call themselves a kingdom. I'm talking legit kingdoms, okay? Four kingdoms get attacked by 318 guys. And Abram goes, you know what? We're going to split this in half, which is 159. Aren't you proud of my math skills that Stockton First Service helped me figure out on the fly? Nevertheless, they 159 in two separate groups go to war against two kingdoms each. You don't think they faced fear? You don't think they were like, Abram lost his mind. Like, I've watched you fight. You awful. <laughs> like, I've watched it. Man, you don't know what you're doing. You don't think that happened? Of course it happened. Why? Because that's the human condition. Because fear, anytime you're going to do something awesome, fear will always speak. But so will faith. Which one wins? The one you magnify. Meaning if when fear is speaking to me saying, you don't know what you're doing. Why are you even trying? You're not a good preacher. You should quit. Go back to selling stuff. Go do something different. When fear speaks, if I magnify the voice of fear, fear wins. And then comes a resignation that God never wanted me to write. But in, while fear is speaking, faith is speaking. This is you're the head, not the tail. I've called you to prosper. I want to bless you. I've anointed you. Come on, am I preaching to anybody? Your marriage will succeed. The rebellious child will come home. The business will succeed. You'll get promoted on your job. Favor from on high. Come on, you're blessed. In and like when, when, when fear speaks, faith speaks too. But which one do I listen to? The one I magnify. 
So 318, 159 in two separate regiments going to lead against a war against two kingdoms. Fear spoke and faith spoke. But they magnified faith. And they fought a war they never asked for. You don't have to ask for the fight. It's going to happen. How do you lose a fight in the kingdom of God? You quit fighting. You quit fighting. Because see, Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He wasn't punctuating his story. He was punctuating yours. He's saying, your struggle is over. I'm writing in the annals of history. I'm writing in the annals of heaven. And I'm already declaring, before you ever step onto the battlefield, David, that you're going to kill Goliath. Daniel, you're going to come out of the lions and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're going to come out of the furnace, not even smelling like smoke. See, the truth this you may have to step onto the battlefield but you will step off a victor that's what heaven declared it's like it's like trying to trying to play the patriots good all already decided they win come on somebody anybody else hurt their feelings with that here's the reality heaven has declared you are victor but you still have to fight the battle these guys go to war, fight a fight they didn't want to fight, but they won. And here's what's cool. They win. On their way home, some kings come out to meet them. They go to fight a war they didn't want to fight, and they won. Why? You, you, you face stuff in your life that you didn't ask for, but God says you win. Why? Because all we do is win, win, win. No matter what, what, what. The devil going to say, come on, somebody. We win, because that's who God is. He says he makes his enemies his footstool, right? Romans says that the, the, the God of all peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. It's amazing. They go to war, they come back. Now there's two kings, uh, six kings, but two kings that the Bible mentions. King of Sodom comes out and he sees that Abram, isn't it funny? How when, when, when you're in the war, and when you're trying to, to win, when you're trying to get the promotion, ain't nobody calling. But when you get blessed, everybody calling. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Sodom comes out like this. Hey, um, I noticed that you won. Um, he comes out with his hands up. Out. I noticed that you won, and I need you to give me some stuff because that's what God wants you. <laughs> Come on. In your life, God, God, His favor is on you. It can be on you, right? And, and, and God wants to deposit into you. And as we win the war, we walk in victory, right? And people show up. And so the king of Sodom was like, man, you're blessed. I want some stuff. But what the king of Sodom was saying without saying is, I fought that war and we lost. What is different about you? How come my marriage went through that and failed, but yours went through it and succeeded? Give me. See, they're asking for stuff, but what they are asking truly for is the Spirit of God that resides in you. There's a grace on you for stuff. There's a grace in you to do some things. Don't mistake it. They're saying, give me. What they're really saying is, what's different about you? Mechizedek walks out. Mechizedek, king of righteousness. Salem, he's the king of Salem. Means king of peace. Righteousness and peace walk out. Come on, somebody. The glory of God. Righteousness and peace walk out. 
Natural thinker says, give me. Kingdom thinker says, hey, can I bless you? I know you've been at war. I know you're blessed, but I also know what the war looks like. And I know it takes a toll. Can I bless you? Here's some bread and here's some wine. Bread, the body, come on. The wine, the blood, what we see in Genesis 14 is the first ever communion. We see the tithe instituted, we see communion instituted. I need us to understand what he was saying. He was saying the body of Christ, that's what, that's the reference there. The body of Christ, life, 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 and more life. The wine represents the blood of Christ. The wine represents the anointing and blessing for new seasons. He walks out and he says, without saying it, this is what Melchizedek is saying. Hey, I noticed that you're walking in victory with your held, head held high but I don't, you're old and I don't see a son on the battlefield. It tells me that your body has been broken in some areas and by his stripes. Come on, somebody. Isaiah says, we were, not we will be. Isaiah is writing prophetically past tense, hundreds of years before Christ. By his stripes, we were healed. He looks at Abram and he says, I notice that, that your body is fractured. Your body is fractured, but it's about to be healed. Take some bread. And I noticed, I noticed no sun. So that tells me that your bloodline has been halted. Here's, I want, I want to give you the, the future, what will be the blood of Christ. I want to give you a new wine, a new anointing. The bloodline that was halted is about to begin. And in the next verses that come in chapter 15, we see the birth of, the, of Abram and Sarai's son, promise. Wow. Melchizedek was saying, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. But I want to anoint you for the next season. I want to anoint you for, for not what, quit looking at what you did. Matter of fact, a kingdom thinker, a natural thinker says, look at what you did. A kingdom thinker, Melchizedek, natural thinker, Sodom, you did what we couldn't do, give me. Kingdom thinker says, look what, look what God did through you. Blessed be Abram, who serves God of most high, and blessed be the God of most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that has given your enemies to you. Whoa. Kingdom thinkers remind you you couldn't do it without God. Abram receives this new anointing, receives a healed body and a bloodline to begin. And he says, here's what I want to do. I want to give you a tenth. I want to give you, this is the tithe that we talk about. This is where it began. Notice it wasn't, oh great, here comes Melchizedek, the priest, he's going to take an offering. He said, I've been through hell. I fought the hardest fight I've ever fought in my life. I didn't ask for it, and it's been tough. But I'm so blessed. I want to bless back God. It wasn't, it wasn't because he had to. It was worship. All of my worship. All of my praise. You what? Well, I didn't hear you. You what? 
you deserve it. He, he looks and he says, man, this has been a hard week and I fought like hell to get through it. It's been tough and it feels like everything's come against me. And I want to come today and say, God, you're worthy of all my praise. So I'll lift my hands. I'll clap my hands. I'll raise my voice. And yes, I'm going to give back to the kingdom because you deserve it. Not because I have to. Because you're worthy because you deserve it because you're worthy because you deserve it these guys <laughs> facing everything that, that caused fear and anxiety fought with faith Abram fought with faith and God anointed and God blessed here's my point 2019 has been tough 2019 has been a challenge. A lot of us have, have suffered some loss in 2019. For some of us, 2019 has been the hardest year we've ever faced. For other of you guys, it's probably good, and that's great. Enjoy that. Maybe at some point, though, we face these kind of years. And here's the reality. In the process of years that are like years of fighting where we take the land, you have a lot in the balance. You have a lot in the balance. And it's at some point, you got to step up and you say, God, it's time for me to go and take what you've asked me to take. God, I'm, I realized that the miracle's in the house. I've trained, I've matured, and I'm ready to go into this fight so that I can declare over, the, over whatever it is I'm facing, so I can declare over my relationship that it'll be restored. Over my child, they come back. And to the person here that can't get pregnant, I declare over you. Your life come on somebody that you'll have a child I'm talking over your body healing over your finances outpouring over whatever you may face at some point in 2020 at some point maybe it's today you get on your feet and you say I fought all hell but today I declare heaven can invade my life today a kingdom thinker today when guys check this out check this out when what God does in your mind and what God is doing in your heart connect, heaven shows up. I've been saying for four weeks, when it comes to giving, it's a heart issue. And now I'm saying it's a head issue. I'm saying when what God is doing in your heart and the head connect, heaven falls down. You got a lot in the balance. You got a lot in the balance. Heaven's declared victory. Heaven's declared victory over the trial, over the struggle. You have a lot in the balance. You have a lot in the balance. We're going to sing this song. And then Pastor Clinton's going to come give a really good altar call because I this wasn't worth but listen, as we sing this song, and if you've been in this place, that you're like, God, it's been a hard year. It's been a year of fighting. I'm trying, and I've made it, but it's been a tough year. I'm declaring. It is also, when we take the land, not only is it a year of fighting, but it's also a year of victory. You have a lot in the balance. And as we sing this song, if you're ready to say, God, I'm ready to walk into the fullness that you have for me. If you're ready to, to be the overcomer that God has declared you to be, and more than a conqueror, that he's declared 
declared you to be. If that's you, would you just get on your feet right now as we build and as we worship and we declare over our bodies, over our minds, over our jobs, over our friends, over our children, over our relationship, that we are more than conquerors. Come on, somebody. We are victors. Come on, somebody. We are overcomers by the word of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Right now, we declare in the face of everything going on in our life, God, we worship you because you deserve it. choosing, uh, fighting with faith in God is that he comes offering, much like Chelsedek, he comes offering a gift, but the gift is free, as is most gifts, right? And this one is life. This one is salvation. This one is freedom. This one is choosing a life, living with him, having a relationship with him in your heart. But also true as a gift is when somebody comes offering me a gift, I gotta take it for it to become mine. So this morning with nobody looking around and man, maybe this, maybe it's been this year, maybe it's been the last 40 years, maybe it's been the last 15 months, maybe it's been whatever it's been in your life where you've you've you failed to choose the gift of faith the gift of the salvation that comes with knowing Jesus it doesn't matter this morning is different the decision can be made this morning and you can become a new creation in Christ if that's you this morning we're all going to say a corporate prayer and then I'm going to ask you to lift your hand celebrate with you. So if that's you, everybody's going to repeat this prayer so that nobody is alone. Pray with me. 
faith in you. I believe that you died on a cross for me. I believe that you rose again. I ask for forgiveness for the sins of my life. And I choose to live for you from now on. If that was you and you prayed that heart, that prayer from your heart this morning, would you lift your hand really quick? Just lift your hand, make it known. Hey, let's celebrate. else in the house this morning we want to we want to celebrate with you we just want to say a prayer last thing i want to pray over is just the to the, defeat the enemy in, in trying to hide us in what god wants us to do but he's hiding us in the fear of the unknown what that looks like and maybe this maybe this morning uh, you know as Pastor Bo was talking about taking the land and it is so fearful and it is so difficult but at the same time you believe that God has called you to something greater or something bigger or something uh, that he is calling you to but you've been hiding and back in the reserves of standing and fear and you need to step into faith this morning I just want to I'm going to lift my hand with you and if that's you this morning you know, would you just lift your hand as we say a prayer God I just I pray that today that the people that have our hands raised God that we would operate we would we would choose faith over fear we would choose living in what you've called us to and leave all the other stuff back for the enemy because that's what he deserves and God we declare today that faith is going to conquer all the fears that we're living in that we have been living in Jesus do, do new works this morning birth new visions this morning us back to old visions this morning. God, all things work together for the good of those who believe in you. And so God, this morning, we believe in you that you are directing our paths. So whatever it is that we've been facing, it has to work out for good. It makes us stronger, allows us to stand better, stronger, without fear. God, thank you for allowing us the opportunity to choose faith this morning. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. One more time, can we get really rowdy for someone who met Jesus this morning and made a decision to follow him? Amen.